Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. <laughs> it's time for Santa's favorite kind of wagertainment, the Daily Tip. On my nice list, it's Michael Jenkins. Yeah. Oh my God! And getting her a lump of coal, Chelsea Messenger. Humbug. <laughs> and I can't forget our reindeer, the Donkster. Here on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. <laughs> All right, it's a Monday, and if I'm going to be dubbed the villain of the show, I guess I better just lean into it, because that's <laughs> the thing. If people believe I'm a mean person, I might as well have fun with it and just lean fully in to being not very nice. So, Jenks, I've got some stuff, you know, up my sleeve for you oh. in just a few minutes. Uh, if you guys stick with us for the following hour. We've got all kinds of good stuff, including MVP Monday in this segment, who had the best weekend of anybody across sports. Then at 720, it's on to Monday Night Football, a battle of the birds in Seattle. Seahawks and Eagles will give you all of our best plays, props, and more. Then at the at 740, I should say, uh, what's on deck in the NBA? Will Jenks finally listen to me when I tell him not to parlay what? big favorites? Jenks, mm. I told you not to make that play. And of course you did it. So there you go. Had to know. do some sort of insult since everybody's being mean to me today. You're correct. You're <laughs> correct. How in the world did both of those teams lose, by the way? Don't even get me started. Who was it, You're the right. Lakers I'm... and the Pacers? Yes. The Pacers <laughs> lost to the Wizards and the Lakers <laughs> lost to the freaking Spurs. Are you like, I understand why you don't parlay big favorites. Now it was only minus 145, but, but like, how does that go down? I saw that alert on my phone on Friday and I was like, sorry, I, I almost cursed on the air and I realized you can't drop the F-bomb on the air. I was like, are you effing kidding me? Both of these teams lost? Like it wasn't even, well, part of it was losing the bet, but I just couldn't believe that the Wizards beat the Pacers. Okay, fine. But I couldn't believe that LeBron let the Spurs beat the Lakers. For shame. I'm not going to say never again, but it's going to be a while before I pull that nonsense. You're right. Uh, Santa, did you hear that? He almost cussed on air. 
Doesn't sound like a nice boy to me. So, Jenks, oh. I'm going to pull you to the dark side before Christmas gets here. Trust okay. me. <laughs> I was close. I'd have been on the dark side without a job and on the naughty list. Like, ooh, Chelsea was right. She pulled me all the way into the dark side. But see, I was a nice, I was on the nice list. I thought about it and said no. And I said, WWSD, what would Santa do? And Santa oh. would not do something like that. He would say, no, 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 take a deep breath. You can express it differently. So I think I'm still on the nice list. Damn, it's Jesus's birthday month, and you just knocked him right out of that quote. So what would Jesus do? No, Santa's stepping in this year. And Jesus is like, damn, it's my birthday month. I don't get any credit. Come on, James. Chelsea, you don't even realize. I said I'm going to hold my tongue and not curse, and you just dropped two D-bombs in your last few sentences. I'm not okay, going to say that. Nobody word. says wow. D-bomb. Wow, it's I not do. D-bomb around, for a reason. I, in the holiday season, the D-bombs. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? I got to tell you this story. Let me just tell you. My old, oh my God, one of my old bosses, I'll try to be vague about this. He was crazy conservative, right? Which is fine, but I, I'm not talking about politically. I'm just talking about personally. And so he had a couple of kids, beautiful kids, son, daughter, and... I heard him on the phone, which is one of the reasons why we didn't get along very well at the end of my tenure, because he was so, he was very milk with toast with the way he did things. And I was someone who wanted to be a little more, just have a little more panache or a little more entertainment as fun. to how we did things. Yeah, just fun. <laughs> like, let's have some fun here. It doesn't need to be this stayed. Anyway, so one day he's talking on the phone to his wife and he says, hey, and he's talking about his son. I heard him say the d word today and there's a pause and i'm like i wonder what she's saying and then he spells out he goes d-a-r-n i'm like you're mad at your son for saying darn you should be applauding your son for saying darn like this is something that you're worried about that your son said darn it or darn and i thought lord we're never gonna make it together because you got upset that your son said darn, and I'll never forget that, the D word. That was crazy to me. Oh, I have a funny story that's along the same mm. lines. I was at the playground, and this mom comes up to me, and she's like, yeah, Kinley said the C word. And I'm like, whoa, oh, God. that's like the worst one. And she's yeah. like, she said crap. She said crap. I was like, that's not the C word. Ma'am. <laughs> I can assure you there is another word out there floating around. Maybe you haven't thought about it yet. It's a little bit worse than crap. Just I'm just I'm just letting you you can figure it out for yourself. I won't enlighten you here, but I'm telling you, that's not the one to worry about. Good lord. I was like, why is Kenley saying the C word? Who did she get yes. that mad at? Good but she lord. said crap. Kenley. She said crap. Oh. Well, <laughs> I feel like in 2023, if your son or your daughter drops a crap or a darn, you should be like go lean into that just stay right there in that lane you're lucky what else are they supposed to say ah oh, shucks ah oh, squirrel's nest what's the most country <laughs> thing you've ever heard somebody say like that because when somebody said ah oh, squirrel's nest i was like oh my god am i at a cracker barrel am i on an episode of hee-haw but people in the south say these type of things i say you know it's something i say all the time cheese and crackers I said all the time, ah, cheese and crackers. You ever God, say that? So you ever heard of that one? 
I was like, oh, geez, a crack. I'm not saying it's not nerdy, (laughs) but you're asking me if there's an expression or I'll be a monkey's uncle. I don't know. That's another. It's not really a curse word, but do you know what I mean? There's all sorts of country-ish expressions out there that I've heard growing up, but that's one I say. Well, there's definitely plenty of them. Like, aren't there a lot on Anchorman that they do like, Great Odin's Raven and all of these like (laughs) wild ones. They're not country, but it's along the same lines. So we'll ask David. Let's do MVP Monday. We need to get to who had the best weekend in all of sports. Here are your nominees for Monday MVP. 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 I will say this much, Jenks. There is one that I did pick up while I lived in Houston, and it's son of a biscuit eater. Oh, oh, I've used that one. Son of a biscuit eater. That's a good one, Double. That's a really good one. I like that one. Oh. That one might be my favorite. I can't do I can't do cheese and rice because my mom always hit me. Oh, cheese I, and rice. Yeah. My mom would always hit me and go look at me That's and a good go, one. I know what you meant. Don't say it again. I'm, what? Oh yeah. What did you mean? I don't I, know. Oh, what Chelsea. And rice. Yes, you do. No. Uh the I big JC, Big J, you were yeah, just talking about him. I'm not saying JC on it. Cheese and no, rice no. sounds like what? No, yeah. No. I will have. I my, didn't even catch that. I would have my mom mm, from yeah. above strike lightning down upon my head. No, not happening. Mm-mm. What about H-E double hockey sticks? Remember that one? That was my grandpa's. Heard that one? That was my grandpa's. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd always say. I, I do was, like the ones that. That kind of sound like you're cussing, but you don't. Like, shut the front door. I like that one, too. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, shut the front door. I like that one. I'm going to bring that one back. Well, we, we've been talking about MVP non-swearing. Let's talk about our MVP nominees. Nominee number one, James Cook, Buffalo Bills. Allen, here comes Parsons, runs away, throws on the run, has a man, caught, touchdown, it's Cook. Here's Cook, breaking tackle, still on his feet. James Cook diving inside the five, and he's down to the one. Cook again, why not? James Cook through everyone, and he scores again. Cook ran for 179 yards and a touchdown and caught two passes for 42 yards and a score as the Bills dominated the Dallas Cowboys 31-10. to Cook led a Buffalo offense that ran for 266 yards on the day. Buffalo is now 8-6 and six on the season and is tied with three other teams for that final AFC playoff spot. Nominee number two, Jalen Brunson, New York Knicks. Bang! Jalen Brunson from downtown. What a masterpiece tonight. Brunson puts it up and shot it. It's good. That one drops in. Everything going down for Jalen Brunson. Brunson a three-pointer. It's good. Jalen Brunson nails another. It's good. A 50-point night for Jalen Brunson, and he's 9 of 9 from 3. Brunson goes a perfect 12 for 12 from the field, including 8 for 8. From three in the second half of the Knicks' 139-122 win over the Suns, Brunson is the first NBA player to score 50 points while shooting a perfect 9-for-9 nine nine from three-point range. He finished his night 17-23 from the field overall and also had nine assists and five steals in the win. 
Nominee number three, Fletcher Lawyer, Purdue Boilermakers. Lawyer open, deep shot. Oh, yeah. Lawyer jumps the pass. Lawyer takes it in and puts it through. Smith with a screen from Kaufman Wren. Pick and pop, looking inside. Lawyer, another deep ball. Another hit. Fletcher Lawyer making it rain in Indianapolis. Lawyer on the attack, floats it up, banks it home. It's been that kind of day for Fletcher Lawyer. Lawyer scored a game-high 27 points as number three Purdue knocked off number one Arizona 92-84. Lawyer shot 11 for 18 from the field, including five from nine from beyond the arc, as he tied his career high in points. Lawyer was one of three Boilermakers to score over 20 points in the win. Nominee number four, Madison Skinner, Texas Volleyball. It's a miscommunication on the Nebraska side. Badenhorst will get the swing off. Skinner coming in. Three blockers over there. And Maddie Skinner gives Texas set point. This serve gets a free ball back to Texas. Skinner back row. Boom! For the championship. Just like last year. Back to back on an ace for Texas. Skinner helped lead Texas to a sweep in the national title game as the Longhorns won back-to-back championships with a straight-set victory over Nebraska. Skinner was named the most outstanding player of the tournament with 18 kills in the semis and 16 in the title game. It was her third national title, having led Kentucky to a national title in 2020 before transferring to Texas. So, Jenks, who is your Monday MVP? Who do you think it's going to be, Double D? I cannot believe the number of text messages I got this weekend regarding volleyball, and I'm not even kidding. I got two over the past few days. Those Wisconsin girls look good. Wisconsin's going to have to say something about that Texas semifinal match. Oh, is that right? (laughs) Because they didn't. I watched these ladies last year when the national title and they were disrespected by being given a number two seed this year just because they started the season five and three how dare you punish the defending national champions they went into florida and by the way i'm so glad that this final is not in omaha anymore because it was unfair nebraska has a great team every year but last night they got swept just like last year texas pulled off the sweep first time in college volleyball history a women's volleyball team has swept the final in consecutive years the pride of katie texas madison skinner longhorns back to back mvp they deserve it and now all of a sudden my phone is real quiet Real quiet. I don't hear anybody talking any volleyball smack to me. You should know better. Longhorns, Maddie Skinner, way to get it done. How many people are you texting about women's volleyball? I did not know this about people you. People come out of, nowhere. It... <laughs> out of nowhere. I swear to God. All right. So uh, I'm going to go off the menu and I'm going to go for a guy that Jenks absolutely loves. And that's Baker Mayfield, the oh. pride of Oklahoma. Uh, how did we not mention this fact? Baker Mayfield over the weekend becomes the first visiting quarterback to have a perfect passer rating playing at Lambeau Field. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, and now his Bucks are in first place in the NFC South. Do we not 
need to at least mention old Baker doing big things for the Bucks. Baker and the Bucks. Yeah, it's going to go to Baker Mayfield for me. <laughs> Duh. That's good. Uh, I, I'm going to make mine really quick. Uh, you got to give it to James Cook for me at least. Huge game. Shows up. Shows out. Has probably the game of his career. It, 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 for me, it was James Cook this weekend. Baker Mayfield great. had a perfect passer rating. Let me reiterate that sentence. Of all the people in the NFL, did you think it was going to be Baker Mayfield with a perfect passer rating playing at Lambeau Field? I didn't see that coming. So he is my MVP of the weekend. I'm standing firm. I'm planting my flag in the MVP Monday conversation. All right, when we get back, it's time to discuss Monday Night Football. Who takes it all in the Battle of the Birds? That's next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. Welcome back. Hopefully, your holiday season is going along quite nicely. Uh, we are right around. Let's see. The twenty fifth is Christmas. So, by quick mental math, we are a week away from Christmas. Oh, my goodness. It is creeping up on us very quickly. Uh, But you know what else is creeping up on us? Monday night. We've got Monday night football between the Seahawks and the Eagles. And, Jenks, I was looking up props for this game. And, you know, you do the quick Google search of the player. Got to see the game log. And I was Googling DK Metcalf, and I found a very interesting article. I don't know if you've been noticing that DK Metcalf has been learning sign language And this is not a new thing. He's been doing it for a while. And to avoid being suspended for some of these celebrations, which we know we got ejected last week, so maybe Mm -hmm. you need to stick to the sign language. But he has been doing all of these taunts to opposing cornerbacks in sign language. And I was reading this NPR article, which NPR does not write about sports all that often, but they were talking to the person that's teaching him sign language. And he's learning the entire language. It's not just the curse words. And the teacher was saying, yeah, he has a great spin on the language. He almost has this swag that he brings when he is signing. Very similar to when you (laughs) learn a language, people have their own, you know, intonations, their own regional dialects. He has a swag that you can tell through his signing that is very cool. Jenks, have you noticed this? Some of the insults he's been doing to opposing cornerbacks in the end zone? No. What I think is hilarious, though, is that I thought this was going to be a great human interest story where it was, what is the motivation for DK Metcalf? Well, he's met some people in the deaf community, and it would be wonderful if he could communicate with them. He's like, nah, I'm trying to skirt the NFL rules. I want to talk smack. Skirt, skirt. Skirt, skirt. skirt. I want to use sign language on the football field so the NFL won't notice so I can talk smack to my opponents. It's great that he's learning it, but I would have never guessed that that is the reason behind it. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Well, he's learning the entire language, though. 
Because they asked the person about this in the NPR mm -hmm. article. They said, do you think this is like appropriation, the fact that he's doing it to insult people on the football field? And they didn't seem offended. They said, no, this is bringing That's good. a huge a huge spotlight to sign language because imagine if he did it in a traditional way. Like say if it's like the my cause, my cleats. Do you think people would be talking about this much? Probably not. That's a good point. And yeah. So I think whatever publicity you can get, and it's not like the worst of things. They are pretty funny yes. though. I was reading some of the insults. <laughs> uh, and they are pretty good. Uh, and the problem is with sign language, there is mm -hmm. a, it's, it's different than obviously the written word. So people can take things like a little differently, but some of the highlights sure. are as such. Uh, to a Rams cornerback who was number 44 after a touchdown that DK scored, he said, 44, my son, kind of saying like, I'm your daddy. I, so it doesn't have the quite, quite same connotation, but still he's trying. Uh, and then he did it a couple weeks ago and I'm looking on Twitter and it's like so many people have their own different interpretations, but now right. the Niners have fired back and this one went viral. Uh, Tabor Pepper actually had a respond for him in sign language that said, 14 effed around and found out, which I don't know <laughs> if that's like the exact meaning of what he was signing, but still, it's an interesting storyline that I thought was kind of funny. That is amazing. Although I will say, I, I don't have the bandwidth to figure out what guys are saying in sign language on the field, talking smack to, to one another. I never thought I would yearn for that. It's great for, for signing, and certainly if you want to learn sign language, that's a wonderful thing. So I'm glad that they are taking it the right way, which is, hey, this is good publicity for us. At the same time, this is going to make me yearn for some good old-fashioned smack talk as opposed to, what what is he doing? What does that mean? I don't know. What is it? Hold on. Oh, I owe you grocery money. No, that can't be right. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. If I'm sitting there with a couple drinks on Sunday watching an NFL game, I don't have the time to figure out what are these guys saying. Now what's going to happen is they're going to have to add, not only do they have the officials broadcaster, you know, they're bringing Mike Pereira or something. Mm -hmm. They're going to bring in someone who signs and they'll say, well, let's go to our expert here when it comes to sign language and find out what DK Metcalf was saying in the end zone there. And they'll bring this person in. Well, if you can tell by this maneuver that DK did right there at the end of his <laughs> touchdown, he was definitely saying this. That's where we're headed. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. That's what what did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus but it would be like a 10 second report and I honestly would love to see it. I almost feel like this is a little Easter egg. 
And since your girlfriend's like a huge Taylor Swift fan, isn't oh, she yes. like a big proponent of Easter eggs? It almost feels like there's another yes. layer. I kind of like it. I know it's more work, but still, and add something else to it. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I just, it's, it, I would have never guessed this. This is crazy to me. And yes, the lovely Catherine loves Easter eggs. Do, do, do people only, do we need Easter eggs? I guess it's kind of cool. I just feel like that, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I feel like if I'm watching the NFL and there's so much going on anyway, I'll let someone else figure it out for me. In fact, what I'll do is I'll start driving you crazy and be like, hey, what was he saying there after that touchdown? I can't figure it out. And I'll let you figure it out for me. And that way I don't have to think. I don't want to have to think too much during a football game because I'm already sort of going crazy anyway. Well, I think you started doing this because you can't do any of these celebrations or like say it to people's faces. So this is his way around Roger Goodell and some of these dumb rules. But Jenks, you're being a Debbie Downer on this. It's like, I, I am? don't want to do more work. I don't really want to do don't. this because I'll have to do some extra thinking. But like somebody think. else will do it for you. Like we'll learn soon Good. enough. And maybe DK Metcalf will be signing to the <clears throat> Eagles secondary after he scores multiple <laughs> touchdowns tonight in Monday night football. I am expecting a big game from him, a little tease there. Uh, so let's look at the line for Monday night. We've got the Seahawks getting three points. Can we get that graphic back on the, the screen real quick? Uh, and a total of 45 in Seattle. This has been a brutal stretch for the Eagles. We know they're amidst a two-game losing streak. And also Jalen Hurts is questionable for this game. With an illness. So, Jenks, let's start there. If okay. you're a team that has high hopes for the postseason and mm -hmm. your starting quarterback, who clearly means a lot to your team, is sick, do you think he guts it out here? I feel like they will do everything they can to try to get Jalen Hurts on the yeah. field. It would be different if they were winning all these games and they didn't really have to win games, which, you know, maybe is still the case. But I feel like they have to do something to shake off the vibes. The vibes in Philly right now – not great. They just fired the defensive coordinator. Now it's Matt Patricia. What's your take oh. here? Well, I'm not sure how I feel about the vibes now that Matt Patricia's taken over. Yeah, that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. I, 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 I do not want to bet on this game. Jalen Hurts is such a huge factor here. Mm -hmm. Now, if you feel like he's going to play tonight and you feel like he can play well, then sure, roll the dice. But obviously, if he does not, and we just don't know, then the odds will shift. So you're really taking, you're absolutely taking a risk here betting on the Eagles if you don't know how Jalen Hurts is going to perform. And here's the thing, even if he does play, this is when it gets really difficult. He, I think he will play. Jalen Hurts has proven that he's super tough. He's already banged up. I think even through this illness, if he's going to get out there and fly across the country, he will try and play. But then you have to ask yourself the question, all right, if you're coming off an illness and you're sick enough where you couldn't travel with the team, you didn't want to be a contagion, then how effective can you be? We've seen guys gut it out before. They have incredible performances. This is how legends are made. But there's also the possibility that he doesn't play well at all. What was it? What was it just a few weeks ago where Patrick Mahomes had one of the worst performances of his career? And it was very underreported that, yeah, he'd been sick all week. Like he got something flu or something from his wife, his daughter, and he was just under the weather. And people thought, wow, Patrick looks awful. Yeah, he played, but he was sick. So Jalen could come through tonight and have a flu game. 
and be, you know, etch himself in Eagles regular season history, or he could come out and just not look like himself because he's so worn down. And it's such a huge factor because clearly we're talking about a quarterback here. I I don't know what to do with a side. Yeah, I don't either, especially when there's question marks on both sides of the ball. Uh, because mm-hmm. we don't know if Geno Smith is playing. He's questionable for this game, too. So we may get Drew Locke in at quarterback for the Seahawks. So it doesn't feel like a game where I really want to pick a side. Although I do think Contagion would be a great nickname for Jalen Hurts. Like, what is the one sickness that I was trying to think of? Like, of all the sicknesses, like, what would be the worst one to have? And why is he being kept away from his teammates? Like, does he have pink eye? Is it really contagious? I was Jalen, yes. like we love you, man, but we can't have the entire team have pink eye on their trip to the Seahawks. Although, how intimidating would that be if an entire team had pink eye? And the entire Eagles roster has come up with a protective shield on each individual <laughs> helmet. It looks like everyone is hiding their eyes. Oh, that would be so gross. And you bring in Bob Who Costas old school. You let him call the game when he had pink eye back in the day. Oh, Why not? <laughs> Remember that? That was crazy. Oh, yeah. During the Olympics. That was like an eyesore. Like, pun intended. I did not want to watch that. (laughs) There was somebody who used to wear those red contacts. I think it was Mario Williams who played on the defensive line. He had these red contacts, and he looked like a demon. That's what the Eagles should do. They should lean into it. Be like, yeah, we all got pink eye. We all have these red eyes. Uh, But back to the game, Uh, because I know that's what we're here for. (laughs) So we have a lot of question marks here, and that makes me not want to pick a side or a total. But we were just talking about DK Metcalf. I think this is the way to go. Because from a prop standpoint, the thing that sticks out like a sore thumb on the matchup is the fact that the Eagles secondary has been very generous to opposing wide receivers. In fact, they're one of the leakiest secondaries. And now they have a new defensive coordinator in Matt Patricia. So if you look at the grid, the Eagles giving up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. I think DK Metcalf is due for a big day. If you look at some of his game logs, he's had some off games. You've got to remember last game he got ejected before he could finish the game. And also the two games that stick out are the games against the Niners, who are probably the best Mm -hmm. defense in the NFL. Of course, he's not going to have big days against them. But the last time DK Metcalf squared off with the Eagles secondary, he went for a buck 77. So I'm going to take over on his receiving prop of 61 and a half over at BetMGM. The only sabotage factor is sometimes when it comes to the Seahawks, you have to choose Mm -hmm. between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett because obviously either one of those guys could have a massive day. But I do feel like with this Eagle secondary, you have to pick on them at least in some way. So I'll go with DK Metcalf. Oh, I like that. I, I have one prop and I don't know if I like it or not. (laughs) This guy, I, this is just a game, I'll be honest with you. Yes, it's Monday Night Football, and yes, you want some action on the game. I get that. But at least for me personally, this is one of those games where there's just too many unknowns for me to bet this game with confidence. I will say this, something that I like, and it's a bit of a roll of the dice here, but I kind of like it. Kenneth Gainwell, over eight and a half receiving yards. Here's the thing. He didn't have a single target last week against the Cowboys, and because of that, I think there's some value here. Before that, he had hit it in three of his last five games, but Seattle allows the 10th most receiving yards to running backs in all of the NFL. And if you're talking about maybe Jalen Hurts not playing, you're going to want to dump it off to your running back, right? We see this all the time with backup quarterbacks, maybe a quarterback who isn't feeling well. 
you, you've got a Seattle defense that tends to do this on a regular basis. So all you really need is one catch and one decent run, and you hit this. So also, if you're talking about the Eagles and how their offense has performed over the past few weeks, early in the season, it was DeAndre Swift getting the most targets out of the backfield. That is switched to Kenneth Gainwell over the past few weeks. So I would go over eight and a half receiving yards. Not my favorite play, but something does stand out to me. Those ones are always enticing because they can get it in one catch. But I've learned this the hard way. I had Tajay Spears in a similar situation for the Titans. Uh, and what do you know? He only had one catch and did not get his prop. So those ones can be tempting. But also, you know, there's a chance he goes over. So I see yeah. what you're talking about. And the matchup certainly does suggest it. But here's the other thing. Should we be playing any props at all if we don't know who's playing quarterback? Yeah, that's the thing. If you like uh, DK Metcalf prop, you certainly do. Awesome. But what if Geno Smith doesn't play? If you like an A.J. Brown prop, then, especially if you're talking about a big-time receiver. I like Kenneth Gainwell either way because you're talking about a guy coming out of the backfield. But if you're talking about a big-time receiver and he's not going to have a starting quarterback play, then it would. I'm not saying it's not the right call to make, but it would certainly give me pause. Well, I think Drew Locke does throw it to T DK, uh, DK Metcalf, though, because that's the thing. Drew Locke is yeah. not somebody who is starting for the first time because that's a trend that we've been seeing in the NFL is trying to handicap some of these quarterbacks that we just don't have much of a sample size on. Drew Locke is at least somebody that we know about, even though I would expect maybe not, but I feel like it's a primetime game. I would hope both of these quarterbacks will play just for my personal viewing pleasure uh so we'll see i'm gonna stick with dk though uh as my best play of monday night football coming back from the break time to switch gears to the nba our best plays in the association headed your way next on the daily tip chelsea and jenks will be right back on the daily tip presented by bet mgm on the bet ql network Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. That's right. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hope your holiday season is off to a wonderful start. But in the NBA, there's always something. It feels like the Real Housewives. There is always drama to be had and the association. In a couple minutes, we will look at the slate and see our best plays and picks and bets for the slate tonight. But we've got to get into some of this pettiness because the NBA always leads the charge when it comes to hmm. unnecessary pettiness. Jenks, have you been following this game ball drama that's been unfolding for the Milwaukee Bucks? Yes. What are we doing? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I saw that. And I saw what was it? I think it was Ryan Horvat, our good friend Ryan, who had retweeted someone else's hot take that when Giannis went after the game ball when he dropped 60, that he should be suspended by the NBA. And I was like, Ryan was like, this is the softest take I've ever heard. And this guy who who had this idea, oh, Giannis should be suspended, was also defending Draymond Green. It's like, dude, you're all over the place. You have zero consistency whatsoever. So you're defending Draymond, but Giannis gets angry, goes after a basketball, no one is hurt, and he should be suspended. Like, what are you doing? 
So I don't know what's going on with the game ball all of a sudden, why this is suddenly a thing in the NBA, but it is. It's wild to me the amount of tangents that we've seen between my life as a mom of a toddler and mm-hmm. some of the problems that we've seen in the sports world over the past, what, week? We've seen Patrick Mahomes throw a tantrum. We've saw uh, Draymond Green be rough for no reason and mm-hmm. continue acting out, and he's not getting punished. Finally, he's getting punished at least a little bit. And now we're seeing grown men arguing over a basketball. Like, isn't this what happens at, like, daycare? You know, some kids <laughs> like, I want that ball, but he's playing with it. That's my ball. And little Timmy says, it's mine. I'm playing with it. And you say, boys, we have to share. Maybe Mm -hmm. one of you can have a turn. And then the next one can have a turn after that. Like, why are they so upset about this game ball? Especially for Giannis. Like, I get it. If you haven't been following this, it's because Giannis had a historic night where he scored 64. And the Pacers wanted the game ball for Oscar Shibwe, who scored his first NBA point. I'm thinking to myself, do we not have extra game balls? Is there not more than one? Can't they both (laughs) have a ball? It feels like the budget shouldn't be this tight. But tempers have been flaring. We saw this again last night because uh, Giannis broke another record. Like at this point, can we just have game balls ready for Giannis just to maybe stop this problem from happening? And also, Giannis has an NBA championship. He's an MVP. He's right? a trophy. So I get it, man. Like, I get it. But let I would let the kid who scored his first ever points in the NBA. I can't believe I'm taking a side here on who deserves the game ball. But I'm saying let the kid who scored his first ever, let him have the game ball. You've done everything. You're already a Hall of Famer. Why do you need this game ball? And to your point, Chelsea, there are multiple game balls. Well, but the other thing about this whole story that's dumb is because he said, Giannis said that he wanted the game ball for Dame, for passing Kyle Korver. Oh, that's right. And then 10 minutes later, he was like, well, I should have this. So he lied in the press conference about why he wanted the game ball to begin with. Oh, that's such a good point. Because I'll tell you something. Anytime someone passes Kyle Korver in the NBA record books, you got to get that game ball. (laughs) Like, and like Dame himself wasn't trying to get it. That's a good point, though. I'm sorry. I had read that and forgotten about it, which makes this whole drama even more ridiculous. Ridonculous. Well, because he also brought his mom into the discussion. He said, I oh, wanted God. this ball from my mom, which, of course, now it's trying to say, you're insulting my mom. You're taking the game ball away from my mom. Oh, uh, at this on. point, it seems very stupid. Like, is this all of, you know, the thing that you want to harp on the most? The game ball? Like, shouldn't we be worried about other things? So, yes, it does feel like a toddler problem because that's always the case. It's like if one kid is holding on to something, it could be, you know, the toy that a kid has never played with. They have never liked it. But the second Mm -hmm. that somebody else starts playing with it, now they want that ball. And it is something that it feels like they've never wanted anything more in their entire life. So once again, why are they acting like toddlers? I don't know, but you hit the nail on the head. These are This is a child's argument, especially the changing of the reason. Well, first it's this. No, it's this. And then the old tried and true. Well, I got to find some sort of trump card here. Let me bring in my mom. 
And then the other side's <laughs> going to say, well, actually, we were going to sell this ball to charity and we're going to send the money to a hunger organization to fight worldwide hunger. Ah, we trumped mom there. It's gotten it's a basket. Guys, I get it. I'm not undermining your accomplishments in the NBA. Like, come on here. Like, what? What? What is it's a game ball. There are multiple game balls. Get a jersey. Frame your own jersey. Have the organization make you a plaque, a small trophy. They can give you a certificate, anything. Why must it be the game ball? There are a mil. get a sweatband. There are a million different ways to commemorate doing something. A million things used during, again, a pair of shoes. How about that? You can put those on the wall if you want to or set them up somewhere. There are a million ways to commemorate something outside of having the game ball. So that's why I just find this whole thing sort of mind-numbing. Come on, guys. Be adults. And, and then Giannis complained because they gave him a game ball, and he was speculating that it wasn't the actual game ball. Like, this oh, is his quote. God. I have a ball, but I don't know if it's the game ball. It doesn't feel like the game ball to me. It feels like a brand-new ball. I can tell. I played, what, 35 minutes today? I know how the game ball felt. That ball I have, which I'll take and I'll give it to my mom. But I don't know if it's the actual game ball. This isn't the real ball. <laughs> I, I, My fingers are sensitive. I played 35 minutes with this ball. So you, I, you can blindfold me and give me five different balls, and I guarantee you I can pick the right ball. I, I love this ball. I played in a lot of games, and of all the game balls I've ever played with, this is my favorite. Don't give me a new ball. Tell me it's the old ball. I know what the ball feels like. I'm an MVP. Oh, children, grow up. Oh, God. man. But this is why I love the NBA, because it's the most petty league out there. And, you know, these grown men mm -hmm. who are freak athletes, and you look at them, you're like, oh, my God, these are men. And then they have things like this. Uh, okay, so let's get to the games today. Uh, maybe there will sure. be more drama to unfold. Uh, huh. But let's start in Atlanta, where what a doozy of a matchup. We have the Pistons and the Hawks squaring off. Atlanta, 10.5-point mm. home favorites here, total of 242.5. We have the Pistons rolling in with 23 straight losses. But I think the real question is, do you really want to trust the Hawks? as 10 and a half point favorites. Mm, I feel like there's nope. nothing here that I really like. I looked at Trey Young's points prop, but it's 32 and a half. Um, maybe it's 34 and a half. It was something like comically high because I will say from a props perspective, both of these defenses are really bad. And that is built into the toll here at 242 and a half. Uh, but Jenks, do you have anything worthwhile on this game that you think people should know about? I think I would probably just look at the over here. I almost always go to the over when you talk about the Hawks, right? Because they don't play mm -hmm. any defense. I think it's probably the right side. And also, as I always say as a caveat, my NBA handicapping has been meh. But the Hawks are the second best over team in the league. They're 8-2 to the over. When you look at the Pistons, 8-5 and five to the over when playing on the road. And honestly, I kind of think this number is low, which I sounds crazy when you're talking about 242 and a half. But this has been the trend in the NBA for a while now. We've seen some totals in the 250s because you guys don't play any defense. These teams don't play any defense. I would lean to the over. Yeah, and it's gone up uh, at other spots. It's already 244 in some shops. So God. if you do like the over, you probably need to go ahead and grab that now. 
Uh, so yeah, I think that is the play if we are talking about the Hawks and the Pistons, and that's as much time as I want to spend on that game. Uh, huh. Next up, let's go to the Clippers and the Pacers. Interesting line here, as the Clippers mm-hmm. are two and a half point road favorites here, but I'm also seeing that Tyrese Halliburton is out for this one. So do you think this line is short? It feels to me yes. that Tyrese Halliburton is such a huge part of that Pacers offense because not only is he scoring a bucket load of points, he's also their point guard. He is a, a, extremely adept at setting mm-hmm. up the offense, and that's why he has been dishing out all of these assists. So are you willing to take a chance on the Clippers here? Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm like you. I saw this, and I thought, why is this line so short? Now, I had not heard mm-hmm. the news about Tyrese Halliburton, but I don't think it's built into the number yet. It can't be. There's no way you can Maybe take Tyrese Halliburton. He has to be, right? So if you like the Clippers in this game, I would grab it now. If you want to win the money line, it's minus 145, or you can lay the two and a half. And honestly, the Clippers are playing great basketball. They've won seven straight games. Pacers have dropped three in a row. I don't really like betting on the Clippers just because that's my personal vendetta against the Clippers. I just don't like the Clippers. But ultimately, I think this is a short number. It scares me that it's so short and you get Halliburton questionable. I would lay the points. Yeah, it makes me think that maybe there's a chance that he plays. But this Mm -hmm. is where it's kind of risk-reward here. Because if you bet this game now and then Tyrese Halliburton is announced as out, this line is most certainly going to move. And you're right. The Clippers in their own right have been really good. And even at covering the number, they've covered in five of their last six. You mentioned their win streak up to seven now. This is a team that's playing really good basketball now. So maybe we should just give them their flowers. Even though I think on this show, we have dogged James Harden quite a bit. So maybe this is the time that we'll give uh, the Clippers the nod here and take a minus two and a half. Jinx, any other games tonight that caught your eye? Oh, let me see here. I I kind of like the under between the Knicks and the Lakers. And I need to look at where the money is headed in this one. But here's the thing. Lakers are favored by four and a half. The total is set at 226 and a hook. The Lakers have been very solid defensively this season. That's how they win games. That's why they won the mm-hmm. NBA Cup. And they are so much better at home. They're 10-2 straight up, which means when they play in L.A., they are so much better in every facet when playing in L.A. this season. They're 9-3 and three to the under, so I would go under there. I think Anthony Davis may be questionable for that game. That's the only thing I would look at. Ah. Uh, same with LeBron. God, the Lakers are always like that, though. Uh, look for Julius Randle to have a big game if Anthony Davis is, in fact, out. So that is a big hole down low. Got to get to break. Up next, top of the hour, NFL reaction. That's next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.